This is the podcast of North Church of God in St. Joseph, Missouri. Let's join Pastor David as he shares biblical truths and insights that will enhance your weekly Bible study. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. You're listening to this probably the day or the week after Easter or even weeks, months after Easter. (laughs) Technically, Easter should live in our hearts every day. Just like Christmas. Just like Christmas. Easter is an annual celebration, but it's a celebration of an eternal truth. It's no less real today than it was on uh, Easter Sunday. True story. Mm-hmm. We uh, are sitting in our living room yet again uh, for another recap on the sermon. And today, uh, if you've listened to the sermon on the podcast version, you got a little extra oomph. Uh, oh, compared to the Facebook page? Yeah. Well, well, so the Facebook page is a different story because when all of the churches are live streaming on Facebook all at once, there's a little bit of a servers can't handle yeah, it. So, it yeah. a little bit of an issue. So maybe you stumbled upon the podcast because you were wanting to hear uh, the full version of the sermon. Maybe if you missed it or wanted to listen to it again. Um, and then you might've captured a lot of our ambient noise. Oh, the background noise. <laughs> yeah. The receiver of our microphones wasn't working completely, but you get the joy of like, like you're sitting in service. Well, sure. Uh, you get to hear the the little kids and well, it's like some of those sneezes and old laughs. school recordings yeah. from old services or old camp meetings yeah. when you got the full effect before they had filters yep. and this kind of stuff. So we're taking you back in the day. I was like, you know, we're just we're posting this podcast because it it was worth it um and so you get to to kind of hear uh some of our our family mm-hmm. our church family in the background and that was pretty cool we had a full house today praise the lord it was so cool to like look very out exciting. and very exciting. see everybody um and can i tell you and this is an encouragement for those of you out there that like want to see your loved ones in church. Um, everybody that showed up today was invited. Oh, but yeah. Someone invited them to come. Someone extended the invitation. And those were the ones that said yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and I, you know, even heard stories of people that said, you know, I, I asked last year and they didn't come. But this year they came. Uh, and that should be an encouragement to us to keep asking. Yeah. You know, right. if, if you, you're turned down once, ask again. You <laughs> never know uh, when it could be a, a life-changing thing. And, you know, we've, we've said it before, bringing, bringing unbelievers to church is, is a great thing. It's a good thing. But being and ministering and testifying to unbelievers out in the world on a day-to-day basis is really what we're called to do mm-hmm. because being, bringing people into the church building is just bringing people into a church building and they'll get a message but you know the the ways in which we communicate with unbelievers out in the world all the time that's 
that's our ministry day in and day out. And that can make a life change just as much as them coming into a church building. But it's both and. It's not either or. Right. And that's yeah. what you're talking about. Sometimes we think it's it's just about right. bringing people to church and I've, and I've done my job. It's both and. So mm-hmm. do invite yes, people invite to church. Bring people mm-hmm. to church. Uh, welcome them into the worship experience. Uh, and right. You know, be God's hand extended outside of the church service. Right. You know, share the message of the gospel, share your testimony, live out in front of people's full view uh, your Christian life right. so that uh, whether it's in the church building or whether it's on the job site, whether it's in your home or just out in the world, let God use you. To communicate his truth is his life changing, transforming truth. And you're right, you just never know. You mm-hmm. never know. God is ultimately the one who who moves upon a person's heart and uh, uh, who moves someone in the path of salvation, but God in his grace uses us to be his hands extended. Right. And that's a that's a powerful thing. And listen. You know, if if someone's interested in coming to Christ and they tell you about it and you're at work, you don't have to wait to bring them to church (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to lead them. And so if you're looking for, you know, there's resources out there, but if you're looking for resources on how to lead people to Christ, like, I mean, send us Mm -hmm. a message because we will, we will help you with that. Yeah. We want to, we want to support that, but it was just good to see the house full and, we had talked about um, this sermon briefly before because you've, you've kind of been in a series and uh, it's kind of like, okay, well, we've got Easter coming up. So do we continue on with the series or what do we do? And we recognize that Easter is a day when we're bringing some unbelieving loved ones to church. And so it's like, what? You know, what would we want to hear? What what would we want our unsaved loved ones to hear when they attend our church the first time? They may not understand, you know, the the third component to a series of of, uh, sermons you've preached, but they may need to hear the gospel message. Well, here's the thing. We all need to hear the gospel message, and we not only need to hear it once, you know, just because you're saved, that doesn't mean we put the gospel on the shelf. Right. Look, the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ is the foundation of our faith. And so really, we, we need to be rehearsing the gospel, remembering the gospel, keeping the gospel fresh in our minds and in our hearts, you know, allowing the gospel to fan the flame of faith within us, uh, allowing it to, to keep us fresh and to continue to drive us. And so really my central role uh, as a preacher is to is to just find as many different ways as I can to share the same truth. <laughs> that is the gospel. And, and so, yeah, we made, uh, there are times when moments like Easter come along and you do a series that builds up to it or there are times when you make a make a judgment call and it's a standalone 
yeah. sermon, and that's kind of how it worked out this year. So if you've been following us on the podcast, you you know we've been doing a series about words, and we're actually going to pick that back up yeah, next Sunday. Yep. We've got about three more messages in that series. But yeah, Easter was a chance to, to go back to home base um, and and refresh and rehearse and relive the gospel story and celebrate celebrate the the central truth uh, of our faith that Jesus died that he rose again and because of his death and his resurrection our sins can be forgiven our lives can be transformed and we have the promise of heaven all because of what Jesus has accomplished for us yeah. and so you preach today out of Matthew 28 and um, kind of going back to what you said about, you know, the gospel message is, is that's our faith. It's central to our faith. And going back and looking at that, even though sometimes we're like, we, I know what the gospel is, you know, and so we kind of gloss over it um, and we don't as much focus on it. We start to focus on, you know, these intricate details of doctrine and theology and whatever. And uh, but today, I feel like it got my wheels turning and put me a little more in the place of the disciples and made the gospel just a little more real, a little more tangible. Um, and so that's kind of what I want us to touch on tonight is that, you know, go back and listen to the the sermon if you haven't. But we were going through Matthew 28. You mentioned that Jesus has been dead for three days at this point. And you said something that really hit me. You said the teacher is dead. Mm -hmm. uh, meaning here you have the disciples and all of these followers of Jesus who had been following after him for all this time. And suddenly he's gone. Yeah. And... Boy, how might that have felt to them? Uh, you know, even though they had this this promise, this hope, they didn't know what it was going to look like. Yeah, you know, they didn't know how things would transpire, and there's a little bit of fear sometimes in the not knowing, yes. right? And so it put me in the place of the disciples just from the jump. Like thinking, okay, the teacher is dead. Here is a man that they've loved and followed and served and given their life for. You know, it, it, when you read through the Gospels, and now we're talking about the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the texts that record the events of Jesus' earthly ministry, his birth, his life, the miracles that he performed, the the sermons that he gave, and the parables that he told, uh, and then ultimately it records uh, his death and and his coming back to life, what we call the resurrection. Um, when when you read those as stories, when you read them as as four books, part of a a, a series, you, you get this this uh, picture that the disciples were on this journey, right? Um, in the beginning, all they knew is here, here was a, a teacher, here was a rabbi, here, here was someone who was getting a little bit of attention, 
and and maybe maybe they had some kind of spiritual experience when he first called them to be his followers you know there no doubt the holy spirit was doing something inside of their hearts look we read in the gospels that they literally were in the middle of of they were on on the job right some of them were fishermen they were mm. in their boats mm-hmm. and they literally jesus said come and follow me they and they their dropped nets. their nets yep. and jumped out of the boat and left everything left their occupations left their families uh, you know i don't know some of them might have had stew brewing at home you know in a pot <laughs> and they just left they just walked away from everything mm. to start following this man but but even at the outset how how could they really have a sense of who he truly was? At best, here was a respected uh, professor who was inviting them to come and be his uh, his apprentice, and they thought, "Wow, the things that I might learn mm-hmm. at his feet." Well, then they start following him over the course of the next three years, and they start seeing things things that they'd never seen before, things that they couldn't explain. They started seeing the blind who could see again, miraculously. They started to see lame men get up and walk that have never walked since birth. They even get to the point of seeing Jesus raise the dead back to life. Lazarus, come forth. So now, with their own eyes, they're seeing miraculous. So now he's not just a teacher. Now he's a man of God. Now he's some kind of prophet now he's got power from god okay um that elevates him but still he's just a man right well as we begin to march towards his death he begins saying things to them in private that now are clearly claims of divinity mm-hmm. now this man is claiming that he is God, the Father and I are one. Now they've got to begin making some choices. Is he insane? (laughs) Have we been following a madman all this time? But yet we've seen the things that he can do. We've seen the miracles that he's performed. Maybe, maybe he really is who he says he is. And then comes the arrest. And then comes the persecution and the danger. And the Bible records that some of his followers, other than the core, that they fell away. Mm-hmm. They, they turned back. They, they said, nope, too much. Uh, that, mm. That'd be scary. That would be. And so those few who, who stuck it out, mm-hmm. who kept thinking what were they thinking the bible doesn't tell us and so we won't say for certain but maybe they were thinking he would rain down fire from heaven and (laughs) rescue himself he would call upon a thousand angels and he would reveal himself but no with their own eyes they watch him tortured they watch him beaten they watch him nailed to a cross they watch him hang they watch him bleed they watch him cry out and then they watch him die. And then that's it. He's dead. And now they have to figure out what to do with the rest of their lives. Because 
dead men don't come back to life. Yeah. And then. <laughs> well, and what's the the what baffles me even more, right, is that God is so genius. He had PR nailed <laughs> before we had social media. Okay. Because he knew that in order to spread the good news, you need something thereby in which to spread it. Here you have 12 disciples that saw Jesus intimately in his most private moment sometimes. They got to know him from pretty much start to finish of his ministry. Mm-hmm. And they would have firsthand knowledge of this guy is for real. Yeah. And he had 12 of these guys, plus who knows how many others that, you know, people were always flocking to right, him, following right. him. Um, and those disciples would then be the ones to spread the gospel message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you Go know, the corners now of the we world. have television, radio, podcasts, <laughs> uh, social media. You know, if we have a message and we want to get the word out, we just put it on blast. So soon, virtual reality. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Talk about advancements oh, in science and technology. This. This is the next frontier. It's all—it's already here, trying but to set up virtual reality spaces. God had a plan yes. for us to know the truth. Yes. From the very onset. Could you imagine how much harder it might have been to get the good news out had the disciples not been a part of his plan? Well, one of the things that you know people say, well, why didn't Jesus come a thousand years earlier, this kind of stuff? And, and one of the things that uh, Bible scholars talk a lot about is the fact that when you look at the conditions of history and culture in, in that point in history, Rome had conquered the world mm-hmm. and had uh, unified the nations for all, for all the evils of the Roman Empire. They, they understood the importance of unifying the nations, of creating trade routes, of uh, creating some language, overcoming the language barriers. And, and so at no point in history prior to that time was there ever a better opportunity in the ancient world for a message like the message of Christ mm-hmm. to be able to spread through the known world. Mm-hmm. And, and so God chose in his providence that moment in that history time, to yeah. ensure the the entire and and then again also they talk about how that point in history because the gospel message was able to be embedded within so many cultures and so many countries and places then as history progressed and as more nations and more cultures and people groups have developed christianity was there from from the beginning and able to then then spread and continue. Could you even imagine? To the present day. Could you imagine though? What if it had happened now? Huh, yeah. And there, I mean, I could see a few things happening. Like one, it the message being drowned out by all the other messages. Well, uh, it it's. I think the Lord would certainly. There, well, there was obviously God is more yeah. powerful than our our incapabilities, but you know, like. He knew the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
there I almost showed a showed a video and it it's out there but it it imagines that question and it's it's really powerful because basically it it's like if God sent out a text message right mm. bing 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 he is risen he is risen he is risen and and they dramatize the excitement of what if what if you got that message mm-hmm. that he is alive and we should experience the same kind of excitement Excitement, it should be just as real to us today as it was for those disciples on that first resurrection sunday yeah and you said imagine if someone you loved died and then suddenly they were in front of you yeah like suddenly they were just back to life you'd be ecstatic well you'd be frightened and ecstatic and feeling all kinds of stuff right in that same moment. I'd like to think I wouldn't be frightened, but you're, you're probably right. I'd probably be like, whoa, what, yeah, what just yeah, happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, am, am I dreaming? Am did I, I, did I eat I pizza too late last night? <laughs> you know, did I gorge myself on Reese cups? <laughs> Let me tell you, some Easter candy has gone <laughs> down today. Yeah, it has. It's going to have to change tomorrow. Oof. Uh, snapshot of real life the joys of easter yeah uh but man that that was a really powerful statement because boy you know we talk about the excitement of easter Mm. of a risen savior um but that that had to have been so raw and real for them at the i mean they saw him killed yeah and they saw how badly he was beaten and tortured yeah and then he just shows up yeah in front of them and you know then you said doesn't it make sense that they fell to the ground and worshiped him in that moment i i feel like you know if i were one of the disciples it all starts coming together yeah you know you you've watched this man's ministry you watched him beaten and bruised and tormented and killed and then he shows up, and all of the things that he promised mm-hmm. would have been running through their minds. Look, you're absolutely right, because there, are, even in the gospel accounts, there are lots of times where the disciples misunderstood what Jesus mm-hmm. was saying when when they missed the point. So there, there's a, a time, for example, before his death, where he says that um, it, this temple will be destroyed in three days; it will be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And they thought he was talking about the, the physical temple there right. in Jerusalem. And people got hot. You know, they got mad because you don't mess with the temple. And and what he was talking about was himself. Yeah. That he would be destroyed, that he would be killed, but that three days later he would he would come back. And so I think you're absolutely right that they would look back on what he had been telling them. Yep. He'd been he'd been telling them. And they just didn't get it. And now it all... Now, here's a good point to pause. And and we've talked in the past about how to read the Bible and ways to help you enrich your Bible reading and your Bible study experience. And, And so this is one of the things I encourage people to do with these Bible stories. Now, now there's, there's a danger here. Okay. You never want to, um, to say something definitive about what someone was thinking or feeling if the scripture doesn't explicitly state it. But I think we can use a level of common sense. Don't just read through the story, but 
but let the story play out in your mind and ask yourself these questions. Man, what would they be feeling at this moment? Mm -hmm. What would they be thinking about in this moment? What might be the possible reactions that they if if you'll do that as you read old testament stories new testament stories whatever the case may be it allows you to put yourself into the story and kind of experience it on a deeper and richer level and that's part of what we were attempting to do is as we read through yeah i feel like uh, matthew 28 you absorb it and you start to feel it mm -hmm. and you know sometimes i think we go through our christian walk and it's all words on a page yeah and we forget that this is real life yep and so when you put yourself in the situation of say the disciples you know what would i have felt yeah what would i have thought um what were some of the things that would have gone through my mind yeah. doesn't mean that that's what happened but it helps you imagine yourself in their in their place it reminds me of the kids uh kids series super book oh sure. you know and they get to go to all these places in biblical history and yeah. i always thought well oh, that would be so cool to like <laughs> be there at the birth of jesus i'm not sure i could handle the death of jesus yeah. i'm not sure i could you know emotionally handle that i watched the passion of the christ and that tore me up and that yeah. was like hollywood drama uh but it's it you know so much so much more real than hollywood drama um but yeah putting yourself in the story what would i be thinking what I, would i be feeling and in that moment it's like i think all of the puzzle pieces would be coming together like and it almost like a glimpse of heaven because mm -hmm. i i imagine one day when we get to heaven and we see him in his fullness mm -hmm. and in his glory all those puzzle pieces will come together for us. Yeah. And so I imagine for the disciples, it's just a little glimmer of what heaven might be like uh, when, you know, all of those question marks, those start to burst. Quite, yeah. When when the question marks turn to exclamation points. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that was really powerful, uh, just thinking through that. And so um, you started going through uh, a a talk that billy graham had given to science experts <laughs> so um, what i didn't say because i didn't know if everyone would be familiar with okay. it it was one of the first ted talks oh so some of our podcast listeners may be familiar with this whole ted talk deal which over the last uh 20 years actually has exploded well i didn't and, know about it until like maybe the last 10 years well yeah. maybe eight years they they it was actually in 1998 when billy graham gave this ted mm -hmm. talk and and the ted talks started in the late 90s but they didn't become popular until like the mid uh 2000s and then now everybody everywhere is hosting ted talks mm -hmm. ted talk london and ted talk new orleans all this kind of stuff so you can go on youtube and you know there's a lot of great um speeches and presentations on all kinds of different topics and stuff but that's actually the context was um, somebody had invited him to give a TED talk mm -hmm. there in Silicon Valley. And, uh, and, and yeah, so that was kind of a reference point, a, a jumping off point for the thoughts that I wanted to share this, this Easter. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, one of the highlights is that we had 
we've come so far in science and technology and we really truly have mm -hmm. yeah. uh sometimes things are a little creepy uh, like certain uh, technology it's yeah. like uh yeah like that's the fact scary. that our phones listen to us and Oh yeah. man! How many times you and I have been talking about something, yeah. and then like an hour later, there's an ad for the exact thing we it were talking about. It creeps me out. It makes me want to throw my phone out the window because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like ah, yeah. that's a little scary. I say I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be afraid if someone I loved came back to life, and yet my phone. Scares and yet your me. phone, yeah, you're take a sledgehammer. Okay, I probably would. Uh, but we've come so far in science and technology, but there are three things that science hasn't been able to solve. That's right. Um, and the first of those being evil. Yeah. Uh, we still have violence in the world mm -hmm. and hatred and conflict and war. And you said around the world and the street corner. Yep. Uh, and boy, I mean, we see that even where, where we are. Oh, yeah. You know, this used to be a quiet little town. And boy, you know, <laughs> there's something new happening Drugs, every day. Yeah. crime. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Uh, and so you can you can try to science and tech that, but so far, uh, we haven't been capable of eradicating the problem of evil. You know, I I didn't go into a lot of great detail, but but there have been lots of uh, movies in the last decade, movies, even TV shows that have tried to explore mm -hmm. what what would the world look like if science and technology could solve the problem. But always those TVs and those movies and, and sort of our imagination, even that creates more problems. Right. So like Minority so, Report. Yeah. That's like what, what like what if what yeah, Minority Report, mm -hmm. that's that's a good example. What if we were we could predict uh, criminal behavior and so we arrest people ahead of time. Yep. Or things like the giver, where what if we could just eradicate all emotions from people? Mm. Well, then you lose your capacity for joy and you yeah. lose your capacity for creativity. You know, what What if we could manipulate the genetic code? Fringe was a TV show that was on a few years back. And, and it imagined, you know, what if, again, what if we could extract these things from people? But now, now you're basically mental slaves you know, with no free will because you've, you've been engineered and genetically redesigned. And, and so, again, even from a creative standpoint, we, we continue to grapple with this idea, how can we as humanity eradicate evil? But we can't even conceive yeah. in our own imaginations even, of how to do it. Even the ways in which we've tried to solve the problem in things like Hollywood, which... As we know, sometimes the things that are portrayed in Hollywood are like behind the scenes kind of true. Well, yeah, there seem to be some scary predictions yeah. and parallels that end up being uh, true. So, you know, even though we try to answer or solve these problems on a Hollywood platform, solving those problems then creates more problems. Mm -hmm. It doesn't create a solution. Yeah, because you, you, you can't legislate evil. Yeah. You, you you can't um, lock it down. E evil is a part of the human nature. There has to be something greater than humanity mm -hmm. in order to address the problem of evil. And the good news is there is, there is something yeah. greater. There, there's the power of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Yep. And so, you know, later on in the, in the sermon, you kind of gave the flip side, you know, even though there there's 
starts off being evil in us. I mean, we're born into sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you can try in your own power to be a good person. Yeah. But that'll only get you so far. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, that's even, not getting you to the finish line. Even our, quote unquote, human best mm-hmm. will fall short right. of what God deserves. Right. And and that's why it took God taking the initiative to to bridge the gap and and to create a covering for us and to, to create a a um, to kind of balance the scales in a way that we can't do for ourselves. And really, Jesus being the solution to evil is on two levels. I didn't quite go this deep with mm-hmm. it, but but there's. There is the life transformation that takes place now, right? So, so that he is eradic- eradicating evil in us, in, our, in us. Yeah. But then there is the Bible talks about there is coming a day yeah. when Jesus Christ will return. We call it the second coming, and when all the world will be judged. And at that point, the Bible promises evil in all the world mm-hmm. truly will be eradicated. Yeah. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Those who have trusted Jesus as Savior will populate the new heaven and the new earth, and only good will reign. Not not out of mindless slavery, but because of our willful decision uh, to become children of God, God will, will eliminate finally, once and for all, the, the scales will be balanced, justice will be served, evil will be punished, and only the righteous shall remain. Yeah. And it's a great promise that we have to look forward to. And that's why, like, I I always say that there's glimpses of heaven in, in our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by us being saved and that life transformation, it moves us closer to what we'll experience in yeah. heaven. And so the things that we experience outside of that, the evil and the violence and the war and stuff like that, that's what we're being saved from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, and we get to see that, you know. There's a great picture imagery in, in the scriptures about uh, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. Mm. It's often misquoted as the lion laying down with the lamb, but but it says the wolf will lay down with the lamb. And, and, and you think there, right? Wolves are predators. They hunt lambs. They kill lambs. They eat lambs. But but in the new heaven and the new earth, there won't be violence. Yeah. There won't be a need for predation and all. And so there will be this coexistence. There will be this peace that reigns. It's a beautiful image. Yeah. As much as we strive for world peace and hope <laughs> for world peace and pray for world peace, the only time the world will experience peace is when Christ returns. Yeah. Um, the second the second problem was uh, that science hasn't solved the problem of suffering. True story. Boy, they've tried hard though. Well, hey, God bless them and keep trying. Yeah, I mean, don't, sure. don't give up. But uh, you know, we we have more uh, convenience mm-hmm. than ever before. I mean, I don't even go to the grocery store anymore. It was delivered to my door or I drive up to the grocery store and Hallelujah. have them load the groceries in the back of my <laughs> I've car. Done, which I've done enough peopling for today. Yes, Please just sorry. Drop the I'm just, just put them in the back of my car. Thanks. Uh, but we have more convenience than ever before and more medical science. And sometimes I sit here and I think, how are people still dying? 
we have all this knowledge and all this technology and you know i think to some and it may be true there may be a little bit of conspiracy behind it like you know some people are like well they haven't solved the problem of cancer because cancer is a multi-billion dollar industry hey this is that kind of podcast (laughs) (laughs) there's plenty of those podcasts i know what people are thinking when we talk about this stuff uh but you know despite that i feel like if there were an actual solution to suffering somebody would have bottled it up and <laughs> sold, sold it, it by now <laughs> sure know, like yeah you know there's got to be someone out there that's well, like sure and unfortunately i mean look the, the evil combined with suffering this this is so many people try mm-hmm. to alleviate their own suffering yeah. in ways that just cause more right. suffering that that's why we have so many different kinds of addiction i mean you, you you've you've got chemical addiction mm-hmm. you've got pornography and sex and you've got gambling, gambling mm-hmm. you've got social media addiction mm-hmm. and all of these ways that really at the core we're trying to alleviate some kind of suffering yeah. there's physical pain there's emotional pain there's mental anguish there there's spiritual crisis and again all of that is from the biblical perspective a consequence of sin in the world The whole world came under a curse when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sin became part of the human nature. And so we live in in a broken world under a broken system and we ourselves come into the world broken as much as we'd like to believe otherwise. But this this is the promise and the joy that comes from salvation, that God can help us put the pieces back together. That begins to happen in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, Similar to evil, it happens in us over the course of our earthly life. But again, there's coming a day when Jesus comes back. Not only will evil be eradicated, but all suffering will be eradicated. Scripture says there will be no more tears in our eyes. There will be no more weeping, no more crying. No there will more be suffering, no pain. No more suffering or pain. That's a clear promise from the last book, the book of, of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And so we can appreciate what God is doing in us now through faith in Christ. And we can look with hope for the promise of the day that is to come. Yeah. So, I mean, we as believers, we will still suffer. Yes. But we suffer with hope. Yes. Whereas the rest of the world may, they don't have that same hope. Yes. And and this is where, you know, a lot of us as Christians, we ask the question, how do people live without the Lord? You know, how do they go through their day-to-day lives, going through the suffering and the pain that we experience in this life, not have the hope of that pain coming to an end one day? Yeah. Uh, we have that hope as believers. And even, you know, we even talk about it in grief. We don't yeah. grieve as those with no hope. Right. We know that one day, you know, our grieving will come to an end, that we'll see our loved ones again, uh, and that we will not have the pain of loss mm-hmm. uh, in heaven. And so um, here on earth, though, even though as believers we'll still go through suffering, it's not completely eradicated from our life just because we're a believer. 
as a believer, our suffering serves a purpose. Yes. God's purpose. Yes. Uh, and so it's in our response to the times that we're going through hard hardships and suffering um, that is our, you know, our light basically to the rest of the world is this is what God can do in us despite our suffering. Despite and because our of our suffering. And because of it, yeah. I, I preached a message three years ago, Palm Sunday. I remember it because it was COVID. <laughs> and it was the early days of, of the quarantine oh and the lockdown and all. And I had uh, either read an article by John Piper or, or heard a sermon from him about five, five reasons God uh, allows suffering. And, and, I, and I, I highlighted three of those and crafted my own sermon based off of that. But going through that was eye-opening to see that God uses suffering as a tool. Uh, sometimes it's to try and bring us to a point of repentance mm -hmm. and recognizing that we've strayed from the path. You know, sometimes it, it, it's to, to help us grow and to strengthen us and to build our character. And, and there are lots of other reasons that Scripture talks about uh, that God can not only help us through suffering, but can make that suffering meaningful how we suffer as Christians is a testimony to the rest of the world. Yep. You know, when, when we may have some low moments and some moments, like my father's a great example, right? So some of our listeners will know that he, he fell, he broke his neck, he was paralyzed, he's had surgery, and now he's having months now has been doing physical therapy to regain the ability to walk and, sort of start from scratch. Mm -hmm. He he couldn't even pick up a cup. You know, he'd either drop it or crush it because his hands wouldn't mm -hmm. respond the way he needed to. Couldn't feed himself, couldn't bathe himself. And he's still got a long road to go. Yeah. But listen, my father's a Christian. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's had some low moments. He's had some difficult moments. But he bounces back, not not in his own strength, but in the hope Right. And the recognition that God is using this suffering for a purpose. Yeah. And how he is suffering, that is, how he is able to, to continue to persevere and trust God and share that with other people, that's making an impact. Yeah. Making an impact on the people around. It's making an impact on, on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you also brought something up that you know was kind of a a truth bomb uh what would move 12 men disciples mm -hmm. uh, and hundreds of thousands more to endure suffering except the truth and boy you know we have it easy as believers right now we think that we endure persecution and we do to some degree but i mean i haven't been threatened to be stoned for sharing the gospel recently, <laughs> you know, recently, but recently yeah. in oh, recent not times. Recently, but, yeah. um, but that was a very real threat. You know, they they put their lives on the line. Oh yes. Uh, to follow Jesus and you know live for him and with him and serve him. Well, there, there was first the immediate danger of the Jewish leaders, and mm -hmm. we see that clearly um, displayed in the gospel accounts. I mean, look, they crucified Jesus. 
for the things that he yeah. was saying. They, what they would were stop them from persecuting for for you know doing the same to them? Look, Peter is outside the trial, you know, waiting yep. to hear the verdict, and he is scared. Uh, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet to the point that when someone even in this girl even insinuates, hey, aren't you a follower of this guy? Like, he oh, starts no. cussing her out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there went his righteous sanctification <laughs> out the window. You know? <laughs> he, he starts cussing. No, I'm not. You don't know what you're talking about. There was a very real and present danger. Now, then, not only from the Jewish leaders, but from the Roman government. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and we see that begin to get played out in the book of Acts as now they're leaving Jerusalem and they're starting to travel through the Roman uh, colonies and through the Roman countries. And, and everywhere they're going, this message is creating a disturbance. And, you know, once you start creating civil disturbance, even though that wasn't their goal, it's just the consequence of their message, well, now the authorities have to get involved. And the Romans, look, they crucified Jesus. Mm-hmm. It may have been the Jewish leaders that tried him, but it was the Romans that crucified him. And so, again, there was a very real and present danger. And then history records, not only for the, the disciples in that first generation of believers, but the first 300 years mm-hmm. of the Christian faith, uh, Nero. Nero would, would throw Christians into dens of hungry lions just for sport he he would he would crucify him and then he'd put their heads on pikes and mm-hmm. you know there's this story and eh, some people question whether whether it's true or not but the general gist is still there supposedly he would he would use the bodies of christians and set them on fire to light his garden at night wow. you know regardless of whether that particular story is true or not there's no question that there was significant persecution, significant uh, negative, dire consequences mm-hmm. for becoming a Christian the first 300 years. And that is still true today in many parts of the world, oh, let yeah. us not forget. 2,000 yeah. some years later, um, there are still many who do not dare yeah. to, to be too public with their faith because of the loss of their life. But here's a little behind the scenes thing for you, because... Uh, look, I don't know about other preachers, but I, I I don't claim to come up with too many original ideas. So many things have already been said and shared. So I actually got that uh, from your father this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice In fact, yesterday, yesterday, as we were spending eight hours trying to put the women's bathroom together <laughs> at church. The pastor's <laughs> he, job yeah. never ends. And I'm pretty sure he heard that from somebody on the radio yeah. or whatever. And so when he told me that yesterday, I'm like, that's going that's, in the sermon. That's good. That's, that's going in the sermon. But I mean, for real though, you would be insane yeah. to hold to that message yeah. when you don't know, know for sure if it's true or not. Yeah. Because to me, it's like, if I have any question in my mind of the validity of something, I'm not going to put it out there for the entire world to know about. Oh, absolutely. Because I wouldn't want to be fool, a foolish, you yeah. know. Uh, but here these men were like, like, this is true. Hell I've seen end. it. Yep. I know it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all I can to 
make sure everyone does. Look, we we've even seen in recent years, you know, as as uh, ad, advanced modern interrogation tactics, mm-hmm. everyone breaks to the point that you you pass a certain point, you'll say anything. Yeah. You'll you'll lie and change your story mm-hmm. just to make the pain stop, yeah. just to make the suffering stop, and nothing, nothing would cause these men to change their story, not even to lie to make it stop. Yeah, the the truth had such a hold on them; it, it was so life transforming and so powerful. Nothing could get them to change that yeah. story. And here. These men are the same men that then spread this mm-hmm. to everyone around them. Yeah. You know, past the point at which Jesus ascends into heaven, now they have a mandate. Yeah. Because not only did they see his life and know the truth, they didn't just, I mean, they could have just been like, all right, he's up in heaven now. I'm going home. Right. And take up my fishing gear again sure. and uh, start start back square one. No, they were like, whoa. Like, we just lived this experience. <laughs> we saw Jesus die. We saw him resurrect. We see him ascend to heaven, and we will never be the same. Yeah. We can't go back. You can't go back. Can't and go so back. They spread, won't go yeah. back. They spread the gospel, and this is how we know it. Yeah. Uh, They didn't go home. They were changed forever, and because they were changed forever, now we get to have that same experience. And the same mandate. And the same mandate. To spread the message. And so, like, the question becomes then, how sold out will we be on the job? You know, how sold out will we be in our families if we know this to be truth? You know, why are we afraid? Yeah. Um, and one of the things I kind of got into a discussion this week with somebody um, about, you know, them telling their kids about the Easter Bunny or about Santa Claus or whatever. And I was like, listen, like from the jump, we don't want to lie to our kid. Right, right. We want to only tell her true things. Yeah. Because if we tell her, okay, yeah, there's a Santa Claus that brings you gifts. Yeah. And there's an Easter bunny that brings you candy and right. toys and treats. Um, and then there's God who does all these wonderful things for us and saves us from our sin. <laughs> uh, but the Easter bunny and Santa Claus aren't real, so... Shh, kids, don't, don't. Yeah, Spoilers. Kid, I'm going to have to put a disclaimer on this. <laughs> if your kids Spoilers. are in the car, <laughs> don't let them listen. Uh, but seriously, though, you know, yeah. like, we only want to tell her true things. And so That's if we right. start That's out right. her life telling her false things, will she believe us when we say, but God is real? Yeah. Jesus really was a man that came and lived on this earth fully man, fully God. He gave his life for our sins so that we could have eternal life. And he's alive today at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Like, you know, if we tell them two lies and a truth, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they going to be able to suss out when we're telling them the truth? And so that that's how sold out we are to revealing truth in our own home. Yeah, you know, every... 
uh, Christian home has to make those decisions for themselves about how to navigate some of those things. But you're right. uh, For us, we've chosen to go this route that we want truth to be true. And certainly as, uh, as our kids get older, you know, we want them to explore their imagination and creativity and we'll, we'll create opportunities for that. But, but yeah, better to establish truth now, even if it means sacrificing uh, some cultural experiences or even some things that maybe were happy memories from our past. Look, there's a greater happiness to be found. There's a greater joy to be experienced. And listen, she still gets present. She oh, still Lord treats. have mercy. She yes, had she her does. Easter basket today. Man, she, got she to had so for... much fun oh, my goodness. finding the egg. She, yeah. she didn't get it at first. No. Right. It was like, okay, she's, what is she's quite doing? young. And so she was just running through the grass, didn't know what she was supposed to. But once I started showing her, yeah. you can pick this up, put it in her bucket. Man, she was going everywhere. Now it's a game. I eggs. know that we're going to have to take her out this week and just put eggs in the yard <laughs> so go. that she can find them and okay, put them in her bucket. Okay, daddy needs 10 minutes. Yeah, go find, go all the, find eggs. the eggs. Like, there's no candy in it, so yeah. she doesn't even know that it's that facet yeah, of things exist. Yeah. She's just having fun going around and picking right. up the eggs. I think she walked around tonight for at least an hour. Oh, I mean, just... Looking for eggs we, to we put were, in her Well, we were at the point not that there were that many eggs, but we were taking them out of her basket and throwing, throwing it behind her so that she could just keep looking for them. It was just so cute. But, <laughs> I mean, she will still have wonderful yes. memory-making experiences with us, and we will still be able to tell her the truth yep. um, about God and everything else. And she can trust and that. And she can trust that. Yeah. Um, and so for the 12 disciples, the truth gave them purpose, gave them purpose throughout their uh, ministry alongside of Jesus and certainly gave them purpose after he ascended into heaven. They were like, OK, now we got to put put our money where our mouth is. Basically, we got to keep Ro- going with meets it. the road. Yeah. Yes. What other uh, slant, uh, phrases can we come up with? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, because that, that was the only one I had, but good challenge. <laughs> But the truth, to the, metal. the truth, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is going to go all night too after this podcast is over. We'll have to like okay, put out another podcast of yep, just part those two. phrases. Uh, so the truth gave them purpose and it can do the same for you yes. and your suffering in whatever ways in which you suffer in your life, whether it be in your health or and persecution. Because I mean, we still do suffer persecution. It's like social persecution. And God does offer alleviation for suffering. Yeah. There, there are times that he heals miraculously. Right. He does offer us right. peace uh, for our anguish. He, he does calm our fears and soothes our doubts and all of that. Right. So, uh, listen, that's also the mercy and the grace yeah. of God that comes through, through faith in Christ. I'd still want to suffer with God than suffer without him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. that's the bottom line for me. If I'm going to suffer, I'd rather suffer with God yeah, uh, than suffer suffer by myself. Uh, So the third problem is the problem of death. And this is also, you know, the problem of suffering was one of those ones where you're like, yeah, you think about all the scientists out there that have tried to, like, eradicate certain diseases Mm -hmm. and things that are painful. The problem of death, we still haven't, we haven't solved that problem. People still die every day. There's no, there's nobody that is like, 
Age of what is that? Age of Adeline. Oh, God. Uh, the movie uh, where she just like lived an infinite number of years. No, we we still gonna die. Yep. Uh, unless the rapture happens, which would be cool. It's on my bucket list. Like mm-hmm. that's the last thing on my bucket list is be in the rapture. Like yep. I want to like hear the trumpet. <laughs> there I go. Uh, but you know, we can we can try to extend our lives. We can try to prolong our lives. Boy, I've I've really tried to focus on that now, being the age that I am, and now just having our own little girl it's like boy i want to i want to make sure i'm around as long as i if it's up to me to be healthy mm-hmm. um i want to try to squeeze as much out of this time as i can for her sake yeah. you know uh but we all have to face the the reality that one day we'll face death yes um and sometimes we like to like push that to the back of our mind but it is a real thing <laughs> That we really will have to face one day, but, and you said the good news is this, um, there is one that can solve all these problems, evil, suffering, death being the one uh, where he's offering us eternal life mm-hmm. if we'll follow him. Yes. Uh, and it's not like the eternal life where you get eternal suffering and eternal evil. It's eternal life to the fullest in paradise in the presence of god right fullness of joy not eternal life as we're experiencing it now in the world eternal life in heaven you know experiencing the perfection what i what i believe god truly intended for us to experience before the fall in the garden Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's what i want yeah i mean what's interesting is and, and and we haven't gone deep on this when you when you read the closing chapters of the book of Revelation and it talks about the new heaven and the new earth, look there there's there's uh, travel taking place. There seems to be commerce and work taking place. You know there's there seems to still be kind of nation. It talks about how the nations will come to the city, uh, and and so there there it's not it's not this picture of sitting on a cloud playing a harp. <laughs> You know, for all eternity, the, the and and by the same token, it's probably not going to be exactly like life is right. now or life yeah. was a thousand years ago or whatever. But there is a sense of activity. There's a sense of energy. There's a sense of movement. There's a sense of of work and recreation, and and there's a sense of life, right? Actually happening. Only now, perhaps as you said, it's life as God always intended right. it to be. With him being our God and being our king and us being fully devoted worshipers and servants of God. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the kind of eternity I want to be a part of. Yeah. I, I don't want to live an eternity in the world as we know it. Boy, that'd be hard. Uh, but I, I want to live eternity in the way God intended for us to live out our lives. Yeah. Uh, in eternity and so boy if that doesn't give you hope and hopefully you know this message can also give you some talking points when you're sharing the gospel yeah uh because it kind of it 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 puts you on the page Mm -hmm. uh but also gives you a few little snippets especially for people that are science buffs it's like okay (laughs) 
why haven't we solved death yet? Jesus yeah. did that, you yeah. know. Uh, but there, there, there are a lot of a lot of mysteries, and there are a lot of things that have been revealed to us in our in our faith, and those are the things that we not only uh, use to strengthen ourselves when we're going through suffering, but those things are should be things that we're sharing with the people around us because yeah. we want them to experience that same uh, life more abundantly that we get to experience. So uh, next Sunday, we are back to the words series. Yes, we'll pick back up with we'll that. Pick back up with that. Um, but we truly hope that you had a wonderful Easter with your family, with friends, uh, in your church home. Mm. And listen, like I, I want you to offer a word of encouragement to pastors right now. Any pastor that is listening to this podcast that maybe they had a really great day today and they're they're not sure what next Sunday is going to look like. Or maybe they didn't have as great of a day today mm-hmm. as they thought they would. What would be a message of encouragement to them, the pastors out there? So I I get these uh, texts every week from uh, one of my fellow pastors and friends, dear friends here in Missouri, and he sent out a message uh, this morning, Easter Sunday morning, uh, again, telling a story from someone he heard the story from uh, about this this father who had a kid that was playing uh, in, I think it was Little League or it might have been high school baseball, and um uh, they were doing a double header, and so in the first game, it came down to that classic scenario: bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, <laughs> and the kid gets up to the plate and he nails it, home run. I mean, champion victory wins the game, and his dad gets up and says, "That's my boy. That's my boy." Well, second game, uh, who knew the odds? Ends up being the same scenario, same kid, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, only this time he strikes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, crushing defeat. And yet his dad gets up and said, that's my boy. That's my boy. And so uh, what, what my brother pastor was saying is, you know, as servants of God, our father is cheering us on mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome. Yeah. It, 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 regardless of our our performance, we're always to give everything in our best, our best effort. Yeah. But but Paul is clear in the book of Ephesians that salvation comes not by human effort mm-hmm. or by human will, but solely by the grace and power of God. Yeah. And so that's my encouragement to to not only pastors but but uh, all believers. You know, to those of you who who begged for the tenth year for your uncle to come mm-hmm. to church, and for the tenth year he said no. Yeah. It's also my encouragement to those of you who who uh, your guests showed up and were saved. Hmm. In either scenario, your heavenly Father stands up and says, "That's my child." Yeah. Yep. You were loved. Give it your best. Be consistent. I always say being when we're when we accept the call to ministry, we've accepted the the call to being consistent, to being faithful. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and just showing up even when others don't sometimes. Yep. Um, and so just keep doing what you're doing and trust the Lord to work through that. Absolutely. To do his, his work. So will you close us out in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, at Easter and every day, we honor you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his life, for his death, and for his resurrection, for all that it has accomplished on our behalf. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our souls, the transformation of our heart, and the promise of heaven and new life with you. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll catch you next week. Next week. Have a good one. North Church of God is located in St. Joseph, Missouri. For more information, go to northcog.com. That's N-O-R-T-H-C-O-G dot com.